This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This is the one year Bible reading for August the 22nd, and we are in the second, uh, no, I'm sorry, the fourth chapter of Job this morning, and we are hearing from the first of Job's friends to speak to him. And this is Eliphaz, and uh, my book, Learn the Bible in 24 Hours, talks about how Eliphaz sounded good, except that he based his arguments on his own observation and experience, arguing that Job must be suffering as a result of sin in his life. But the early chapters of Job that we read last time make it clear that Job was upright. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied to Job, will you be patient and let me say a word for who could keep from speaking out? In the past, you have encouraged many a troubled soul to trust in God. You have supported those who were weak Your words have strengthened the fallen. You steadied those who wavered. But now, when trouble strikes, you faint and are broken. Does your reverence for God give you no confidence? Shouldn't you believe that God will care for those who are upright? Stop and think. Does the innocent person perish? When has the upright person been destroyed? My experience shows that those who plant trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. They perish by a breath from God. They vanish in a blast of his anger. Though they are fierce young lions, they will all be broken and destroyed. The fierce lion will starve and the cubs of the lioness will be scattered. This truth was given to me in secret as though whispered in my ear. It came in a vision at night as others slept. Fear gripped me. I trembled and shook with fear. A spirit swept past my face. Its wind sent shivers up my spine. It stopped, but I couldn't see its shape. There was a form before my eyes and a hushed voice said, can a mortal be just and upright before God? Can a person be pure before the creator? If God cannot trust his own angels and has charged some of them with folly, how much less will he trust those made of clay? Their foundation is dust and they are crushed as easily as moths. They are alive in the morning, but by evening they are dead, gone forever without a trace. Their tent collapses, they die in ignorance. You may cry for help, but no one listens. You may turn to the angels, but they give you no help. Surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. From my experience, I know that fools who turn from God may be successful for the moment, but then comes sudden disaster. Their children are abandoned far from help and no one to defend them. Their harvests are stolen and their wealth satisfies the thirst of others, but not themselves. But evil does not spring from the soil or trouble does not come out from the earth. People are born for trouble as predictably as sparks fly upward from a fire. My advice to you is this, go to God and present your case to him does great works too marvelous to understand. He performs miracles without number. He gives rain for the earth. He sends water for the fields. He gives prosperity to the poor and humble, and he takes sufferers to safety. 
He frustrates the plans of the crafty so their efforts will not succeed. He catches those who think they are wise in their own cleverness so that their cunning schemes are thwarted. They grope in the daylight as though they were blind. Then they see no better in the daytime than at night. He rescues the poor from the cutting words of the strong. He saves them from the clutches of the powerful. And so at last the poor have hope and the fangs of the wicked are broken. But consider the joy of those corrected by God. Do not despise the chastening of the Almighty when you sin. For though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heals. He will rescue you again and again so that no evil can touch you. He will save you from death in time of famine, from the power of the sword in time of war. You will be safe from slander and will have no fear of destruction when it comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine. Wild animals will not terrify you. You will be at peace with the stones of the field and its wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your home is kept safe. When you visit your pastures, nothing will be missing. Your children will be many. Your descendants will be as plentiful as grass. You will live to a good old age. You will not be harvested until the proper time. We have found from experience that all this is true. Listen to my counsel and apply it to yourself. So Eliphaz has some good insights about the Lord here, right? But he, ju he jumps to the judgment that Job must actually be a wicked transgressor for the Lord to uh, allow this to happen to him. Then Job spoke again. If my sadness could be weighed and my troubles be put on the scales, they would be heavier than all the sands of the sea. That is why I spoke so rashly. For the Almighty has struck me down with his arrows. He has sent his poisoned arrows deep within my spirit. All God's terrors are arrayed against me. Don't I have a right to complain? Wild donkeys bray when they find no green grass and oxen low when they have no food. People complain when there is no salt in their food and how tasteless the uncooked white of an egg. My appetite disappears when I look at it. I gag at the thought of eating it. Oh, that I might have my request, that God would grant my hope. I wish that he would crush me. I wish he would reach out his hand and kill me. At least I can take comfort in this. Despite the pain, I have not denied the words of the Holy One. But I do not have the strength to endure. I do not have a goal that encourages me to carry on. Do I have strength as hard as stone? Is my body made of bronze? No, I am utterly hopeless and helpless without a chance of success. One should be kind to a fainting friend, but you have accused me without the slightest fear of the Almighty. My brother, you have proved as unreliable as a seasonal brook that overflows its banks in the spring when it is swollen with ice and melting snow. But when the hot weather arrives, the water disappears. The brook vanishes in the heat. The caravans turn aside to be refreshed, but there is nothing there to drink, so they perish in the desert. With high hopes, the caravans from Tima and Sheba stop for water, but finding none, their hopes are dashed. You too have proved to be of no help. You have seen my calamity and you are afraid. But why? Have I ever asked you for a gift? Have I begged you to use any of your wealth on my behalf? 
Have I ever asked you to rescue me from my enemies? Have I asked you to save me from ruthless people? All I want is a reasonable answer. Then I will keep quiet. Tell me, what have I done wrong? Honest words are painful, but what do, you, what do your criticisms amount to? When Do you think your words are convincing when you disregard my cry of desperation? Would you even send an orphan into slavery or sell, or sell a friend? Look at me. Would I lie to your face? Stop assuming my guilt, for I am righteous. Don't be so unjust. Do you think I'm lying? Don't you know the difference between right and wrong? Is this not the struggle of all humanity? A person's life is long and hard like that of a hired hand, like a worker who longs for the day to end, like a servant waiting to be paid. I too have been assigned months of futility, long and weary nights of misery. When I go to bed, I think, when will it be morning? But the night drags on and I toss till dawn. My skin is filled with worms and scabs. My flesh breaks open full of pus. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle flying back and forth. They end without hope. Oh God, remember that my life is but a breath and I will never again experience pleasure. You see me now, but not for long. Your eyes will be on me, but I will be dead. Just as a cloud dissipates and vanishes, those who die will not come back. They will be gone forever from their home, never to be seen again. I cannot keep from speaking. I must express my anguish. I must complain in my bitterness. Am I a sea monster that you place a guard on me? If I think my bed will comfort me and I will try to forget my misery with sleep, you shatter me with dreams. You terrify me with visions. I would rather die of strangulation than go on and on. I hate my life. I do not want to go on living. Oh, leave me alone for these few remaining days. What are mere mortals that you should make so much of us? For you examine us every morning and test us every moment. Why don't you leave me alone, even for a moment? Have I sinned? What have I done to you, O watcher of all humanity? Why have you made me your target? Am I a burden to you? Why not just pardon my sin and take away my guilt? For soon I will lie down in the dust and die. When you look at me, I will be gone. 1 Corinthians 14, 18 through 40. I, Paul, thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in a church meeting, I would much rather speak five understandable words that will help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be as innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature and wise in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the scriptures, I will speak to my own people through unknown languages and through the lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting and hear everyone talking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. But if you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and they will be condemned by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be laid bare and they will fall down on their knees and worship God, declaring, God is really here among you.
Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize what I am saying. When you meet, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in an unknown language, while another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must be useful to all and build them up in the Lord. No more than two or three should speak in an unknown language. They must speak one at a time, and someone must be ready to interpret what they are saying. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three prophesy and let others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can wait their turn. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the other churches. Women should be silent during the church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have any questions to ask, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is improper for women to speak in church meetings. Do you think that the knowledge of God's word begins and ends with you, Corinthians? Well, you are mistaken. If you claim to be a prophet or think you are very spiritual, you should recognize what I am saying is a command from the Lord himself. But if you do not recognize this, you will not be recognized. So, dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, but don't forbid the speaking in tongues. Be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Psalm 37, starting in verse 30. <clears throat> the godly offer good counsel. They know what is right from wrong. They fill their hearts with God's law so they never slip from his path. Those who are evil spy on the godly, waiting for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are brought before the judge. Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you, giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. Norman, come here. <clears throat> I myself have seen it happen. Proud and evil people thriving like mighty trees. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future lies before those who love peace. But the wicked will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord saves the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord rescues them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them. Find shelter in him. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-seven. God loathes the sacrifice of an evil person, especially when it is brought with ulterior motives. To end today, I want to speak a blessing over you for the day, and this comes from Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. May you pause today, look back over your shoulder, and remember the ways that God has been good to you, has come through for you, and has kept his word to you. May you look ahead in faith with expectancy, 
as you get a sense of the land he wants you to claim. May faith rise up within you as you take your first steps in that direction. And may you embrace a renewed resolve to walk intimately with the one who loves you and has a beautiful plan for your life. He deserves some sacred space in your day today. Blessings to you. Love you all. Have a beautiful day.